Today's episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Monavale on Sydney's northern beaches, they're one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check them out online and get your order in, or why not visit the brewery? Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Joining me on today's episode will be our regular guest, Andrew Swain from Fox Sports. Swain will be jumping on to talk about all the action from round five, some very interesting results. And we'll cast an eye towards round six with some amazing fixtures coming out this weekend. Uh, lots of the top teams are going head to head, so we'll find out a lot more as we come up to the halfway point in this uh, abbreviated year. Hang around. Also, we'll be having a feature piece on the Coleman brothers today. That's Darren and his brother, Scott Bubba Coleman. Uh, they'll be going head-to-head as coaches this weekend. Certainly an interesting battle and uh, certainly a sibling rivalry. So hang around for that one. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast, our round five wrap. Joining me again on the show today is Andrew Swain. Swainy, how are you, champion? Burjo, I'm very well. I've watched about a thousand games of rugby over the, the last few days, so really ready to chat, mate. Let's let's get into it. Mate, no better weekend than watching a stack of footy. I heard you call against uh, the Waratahs against the Force on the weekend. Geez, that was a cracker game. Another good weekend of Super Rugby, wasn't it? Yeah, unreal. I, I think that competition just seems to get better and better every week. The, the teams are getting... Fitter and and probably gelling a little bit better and and also I think the, the it's just becoming a bit more intense. It's really close competition. You know, there's only a few points, one win separating first through four, and I reckon the force are pretty due a win too at some point. They're going to beat someone over the next three weeks, so it's a great competition. I just think it's going from strength to strength. Yeah, the uh, Tars had to work hard for the uh, win. Uh, Force was certainly a really good test, and uh, you know they're just a bit too much quality in the end. The Tars are finding a bit of form. I um, I thought Harrison again had a really good game. He's really starting to impress as a young number ten. I know we've had some um, some false hopes there in the past, but he's really starting to show his wares and. Maddox just looks like the form fullback at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah, and that fullback jersey is wide open as well, isn't it? You've got Hale at Petty, who's carried an injury. He's he's not playing at the moment. Um, so, you know, you'd think he'd probably be fit once Wallabies comes around, but Maddox is certainly doing no harm in in playing for that, that fullback jersey. And, and you're right, Harrison was brilliant again. I mean, I love looking at someone who is a really good goal kicker. That's a really positive thing in Australian rugby at the moment because it's been something that's been really inconsistent over the last few years for us. And I also love the look of James Ram at the back as well. What about the boot on that kid? He uh, yeah. he has got a cannon for a boot. Um, so that's nice to see as well. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's nice to see all these Shoot Shield products um, going really well. Mate, if you're Dave Rennie, though, it'd be hard to get – I mean, I don't know how this play is not going to feature, but I can sort of see – potentially why I wouldn't. Carmichael Hunt is outstanding. Yeah. Like every week he is just bashing blokes. He's so mature. He's level-headed. Um, geez, I'd like to see him play more test footy, especially in that number 12 jersey. Yeah, it's absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I thought the other night he – the way he relieves Harrison of his duties at times and just takes yeah. control, steps in at first receiver. Um, he also makes some really heavy tackles. He's physical – He's, he's sort of your prototype 12 at the moment, isn't he? Um, and 
he's got so much experience at the professional level, probably not a test rugby level, obviously, but he is such a calm, cool head and so good to have around all those young guys. Yeah, no, he really is. And, uh, yeah, as I say, he's really been catching the eye. The the other match there, uh, Reds-Rebels, I didn't get to see that, but uh, that was also a good contest, I believe. Mate, incredible contest, particularly the second half. It was it was a pretty tight game. It was 19-3, the final score. And the Reds uh, in the second half, get this, so the Reds had seven runs in the stats. The Rebels had 101. I think they made wow. like 170 tackles or something uh, across the game to wow. in, in – um, double digits for the Rebels. So it was an incredible defensive performance. It was one of those games as well, Burge. I, I don't know if you agree with me here, but remember when Super Rugby was fun back in the early 2000s? It just had a fun vibe to it. Um, you know, there was always something strange that kind of happened in the game or there was, a you know, a good matchup or a star that we wanted to watch. And it kind of it kind of had that vibe about it. There was a really funny moment where... Uh, Kabos Ilof, the the Rebels front rower, had his shorts ripped off and revealed his pink budgie smoke. That was Listen, classic. That was classic. Funny stuff. You had you had Tupo and Pono Farmacilli, who are two 130 plus kilo tight head props, like running at each other like two bulls, um, or you know two um, rams running at each other. So it was it was just had you know a couple of moments in there which brought the fun back to Super Rugby, and I, I really enjoyed that. A bit like uh, Lottie Zakiri and Nathan Gray jumping in the hot tub in Durban that time. That was that was gold. Exactly. Like that's exactly what I think of when I think of fun in Super Rugby. Um, is mm. that moment, and and it kind of had a bit of vibe like that the other night up in Queensland. So I hope that the. I mean, I know that the players are certainly having fun while they're out there, and I hope that the fans are enjoying what they're watching because I certainly am. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it too. I can't lie. I mean, I've still been fighting the whole, you know, unfortunate inner negative attitude towards Super Rugby for a while, but not one game has really disappointed me since it's split. Um, it has been entertaining. I think um, people just got to get past that potential mental block they got about Super Rugby because the footy is really, really good. I mean, I don't see what much more it could do to, to, to entertain. Would you agree? Mate, absolutely. I mean, there's been a couple of interesting articles. I know Alan Jones wrote one and uh, Malcolm Knox from the uh, the Herald wrote one as well. You know, yeah, so that- Malcolm Knox, a great writer. Uh, I think actually, I think you posted that, didn't you, uh, on the Shoot Shield page? And, and look, there was some good. I did, points and in I didn't mean it in, in a negative way, but I, I just think his points about eyeballs and viewership is the critical thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And look, he had some good points there, but I, th- I still think it's coming from a. Oh, rugby's just a private schoolboys game. Um, yeah. Chip on the shoulder. It's it's not like sure. that in reality. And I think um, you know the reality is that there's still no product to sell for next year, right? So that, that there's definitely definitely some problems to be solved from Rugby Australia. But this whole show bag kind of um, thing that they're talking about selling, you know, and, and they're saying it in a negative. I actually think it's really exciting from a rugby fan's perspective. Um, you know, I'd love to see a Champions League and Super Rugby. I'd love to see a trans-Tasman comp or a domestic comp either way. You know, I'd love to see a national club comp championship. I think it's all positive stuff if you can if you can look at it that way. Yeah, it's good to see them thinking outside the box, and I kind of like that Champions League-style uh, club championship. You know, maybe they could stage a few matches during the regular season. I mean, how good would it be 
you know, for lack of a, a better example, a brothers and a manly on a Wednesday night at Manly Oval or vice versa up in Brisbane, it would be something for the fans, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And I know that people would sit there and tune in. They did back in the day when the NRC happened on a, on a Thursday night or whatever. It just, yeah. you know, that, that obviously didn't, didn't catch hold but I, I certainly would watch brothers play manly on a wednesday night and maybe ha- you know crack a couple of tins and put the feet up on the couch it's 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 a great idea and and i think it also uh it elevates club rugby which we all want to happen anyway um and and it it just i think it it almost um it's it's club rugby graduating you know it's taking us into the future we, we're so mm. pent up on the past in in the shoot shield and the hospitals cup and and that, that's for good reason you know there's a lot of history there and we want to certainly um, celebrate that but I think that taking club rugby into the future is uh, has got to happen as well and I think this might be a little start of it I think it's certainly a good one to test the waters because it's not exactly throwing them too far into the deep end as in terms of being a professional organisation it's just testing the waters and and it might just be a good starting point absolutely you know, I hope I hope we can get it off the ground it'd be good good start yeah well mate another uh, bumper weekend of shoot shield action um, some really good games you get out you got out and about mate yeah I was over at Bon Andrews at North Sydney Oval uh, and, and called the game from tactical cam angle at the end on which for a commentator uh, is not the easiest I've got to say uh, reverse uh, angle on Jonah Loma rugby mate yeah you know, from behind. exactly got right Wilson on the overlap just hit the R2 Oh mate, it was triangle for the sprint, wasn't it? A couple, exactly triangle for sprint. Um, double tap the uh, double tap L and R to um, you throw the fend out. So yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, mate. Look, it wasn't easy. I've got to say, but it was fun and uh, it was it was a good game of rugby. It never really reached um, particularly great heights, but we certainly saw in the second half, in particular, that um, Norths are a, a genuine threat. Uh, they're, they're still still undefeated and um, they're, they're going pretty well. You know, I, I thought that, uh, you know, they're, they're sort of spying around um, Duffy, Sinclair, um, you know, their hooker Margan was good also. Uh, and then and then Bury at the back and, and his brother Harry as well. I thought they were all really solid. Uh, and, you know, and I thought Nathan Russell as well, their outside centre, had a really strong game. He scored a couple yeah, of tries. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he's, he's he's come on for a couple of seasons now. He's he's very good. But um, you're right, they're bubbling along nicely, aren't they? Four and four. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, sort of. I think a few people thought that they might have sort of fallen off their perch a little bit this year, but uh, certainly showing so far that they're they're pretty embedded in that top six. Yeah, it was it was interesting that um, it was Earl Var the coach's first game because he's been in isolation. Uh, mm. So Zach Beers kind of had to take. Uh, a lot of the the reins over there, and I, I think he's done a tremendous job. They actually stood next to me for the first half while I was calling. They weren't there in the second half, which kind of concerns me. Maybe I was annoying the the crap out of them, but um, um, it was yeah, which was a little bit awkward. But um, they're really well led as well by Nick Palmer. Um, he got knocked out actually in a pretty pretty um, heavy head knock, um, which was was pretty nasty to watch. But mm-hmm. he he had a really solid sixty minutes of that game. Uh, and he's a he's a guy who I reckon should get another crack at Super Rugby level. Um, we are short on big locks at the moment uh, in in um, in Super Rugby. I think lineouts are just terrible across the board in every level of rugby. I haven't seen a good lineout this year. I don't think. Um, and so Nick Palmer is a guy who could lead a lineout. He's 
Um, you know, I think the, the Norse line out, you know, functioned relatively well. Uh, again, I said I haven't seen a good line out this year. It was still had its dramas, but they were uh, they were pretty good. So yeah, mate, I, I like the look of Norths at the moment. They've got a good uh, core of players that they can build on, and uh, and and they've had the the Ws at the start of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Palmer was um, outstanding in 2016. The year they won it. it was really really caught the eye on that. Obviously, that led to his representative um, opportunities, and he's had a few injuries. So it's good to see him pushing back up because he does look like a real smart operator and obviously he's captain for a reason. So, uh, yeah, good signs at Norse and, and Newcastle or Hunter rather the little bit crashed back down to earth after a good result at Manly Oval. But um, they'll be uh, up for this week because it's Coleman v Coleman. Yeah, looking forward to that. I, I thought Hunter were um, – they they just did – they were just never in the game. Uh, you know, Norse really controlled territory. A lot of the game was played down the Hunter end and – uh, I thought their their half, uh, sorry, their fly half Maloney. He's a, he's a tough bugger. There's nothing of him. Like he's you know, he's like he a rake. Um, yeah. But he he came in for a lot of attention. They they really put the pressure on him. Pressured his boot. Um, really really roughed him up a bit. And and they just weren't in the game after that. Their halfback's a good player as well, Fungupo. Um, but again, they just they just couldn't get firing. I thought North did a really good job shutting them down. So yeah, this week at Coleman v Coleman, looking for that. Look forward to that. Yeah, we'll have we'll have a, a yarn about that a little later. But let's have a look at um, last weekend's TV game, Southern Districts against Uni. Now this was arguably game of the year so far. Um, huge result, Southern Districts down in the Premiers, thirty two to thirty one on their home patch. Incredible result. That that last. Bit of play as well was just something else, wasn't it? The Souths they just right. um, they steamrolled Sydney Uni at Mall time at the end, uh, and it was good scenes seeing all the players run onto the field. It was it was something yeah. else. Like it just you know you love to see that in club rugby. Yeah, it was a real ding dong affair, mate. It went sort of tit for tat for most of the game, and you sort of thought Uni had it, and then. As you say, South uh, got that last opportunity after the bell, a good a good period after the bell, um, score for the from the driving more. But it was it was one of those um, those really good those really good matches and a great advertisement for the co- for competition. I think Tim Metcher sort of said similar um, on the weekend, and uh, yeah, I mean South another side that are really catching the eye, aren't they? Yeah, well, Todd Loudon's really got them humming at the moment, hasn't he? Um, they've got. Again, they've got a core group of players that are uh, that are that are really solid. I thought I think Mosley's doing a great job um, at fly half. You know, a guy mm. from a guy from Queensland who's come down for a, for a crack and and you know controlling the game really well. Um, and, and you know, their tight five are, are pretty pretty solid. You know, Joe Cotton coming back from um, Tars duty to help out. Uh, yeah. is, is always good. Um, Mecha is a is a quality player. He's played Super Rugby before. Jake Douglas in the in the Type Five as well. So, um, those are good Type Five players, don't they? Which really helps any young sort of side, especially in the backs. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's you know it can be the difference between a good team and a great team. Um, and uh, I, I I really like what Souths are putting down at the moment. Um, you know, Kagiasis is he's got a he's got a really good boot as well. Um, you know, he's, he's he's a good goal kicker. You need a solid goal kicker in your team, racks up points. So, yeah, I, I um I like what I'm seeing from Souths at the moment. And what what yeah, the scenes on the weekend at uni there they were they were great. That I don't think there was um too many COVID protocols 
going on, but it was it was still pretty cool to see. Yeah, COVID unfortunately seems to go out the windows in those circumstances, but you can't can't control human emotions sometimes. But it's been interesting watching CS. Um, Todd Loudon's sort of been talking up the rebuild uh, most of the off season, but uh, it's funny. I think when you apply yourself, you maybe sell yourself short. So they're right in the thick of it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And look, it was a you know not the not the result that Uni would have wanted. They they were pushing it uphill. Um, Anyway, with a lot of players out because of the the COVID situation, so um, yeah, they they almost got away with it. Didn't happen though in the end. A hard place to go and take points away from Uni uh, over over there at Uni Rugby Oval, and um, you know, Paddy Ryan playing for them uh, on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think came off at halftime or, or pretty close to. Um, I mean, they've still got some really quality players. They had some quality players on the field, you know, Banjo Travers at scrum half, um, you know, Kane McDonald, Clooney's roster, Clements, they're all really quality players. They, they probably should have won, um, but you just can't take a game lightly in this shoot shield. No, you can't. I know Uni had some disruption with their own sort of COVID dramas from uh, the weekend prior, but um, no excuses. Um, a really good win to South and, and, a, and a really good day for the comp. So we'll move on. Um, Ringa has navigated a, a bit of a dicey one against uh, the Pirates, 28-14. to 14. You, Your views on that one? Yeah, yeah. I, I flicked through this game and um, it was a really tight battle, seven all at half time. Um, you know the the Pirates scored the first try through Turner, nice little set piece play off a uh, off a um, a scrum, um, and you know Pellegrini threw a lovely pass the the fly half uh, out to out to Turner, and uh, and and it was a good finish. Pretty interestingly bad read there in defence, probably from the Rats, but um, yeah, then they they really they really um, turned it up after the break. I thought Tyson Davis was was great. Um, you know, set up and, and scored a try of his own, uh, and they, they, the game was played um, down the Pirates' end a lot of the a lot of the day. They just they dominated territory, um, the Rats. And when you're up at Rat Park and and you you know you got the hillbillies yelling at you and you can't get out of your half, uh, it's, it's gonna make tough. it. It's gonna make it a tough day. Yeah. Yeah, I had a little bit of a little bit of look at this one. It. Um See what rats were a little bit uh, clunky. They they certainly left some tries out there, but as you say, it was tied early. But sort of rats um, put their class on the game sort of towards the end. I thought again that Mungo Mason um, has been really good for the rats up front, and Ben Mars just in everything this year. I think those have they've been their two outstanding forward and back so far from what I've seen. Yeah, uh, they, again, they're just big tall drinks of water, aren't they? The, um, yeah. And uh, they're hard guys to bring down, just really awkward, um, you know, Woolet, Ma, um, and then you've got on your wings, you've got Tupu and Cheekham who are, you know, hard-running guys. Um, yeah, it was a – it was a. I think I think the Rats, you know, after getting towed up last week against Gordon to come back and win that game, in a tough game, it'll probably give them a bit of – bit of um, motivation and it just shows a little bit of character to come back after a loss like that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, mate, uh, over at um, Lidcombe Oval, uh, you had a good look at this. Uh, Woody's far too good for Western Sydney, 57 to 14. Yeah, this was a, uh, a really interesting game. Again, it was pretty tight early on, um, mm. uh, you know, in the first 10 minutes anyway, and then the Woody's, um, the the two Blues in, in the, this season so far have – 
they've really been in it the first half. Um, probably yeah. 60 minutes of the game they've been in it, but I think the Woodies came out and um, and really they wanted a good start against them. So, mate, in, inside the first 20 minutes, all back three had scored. Wilson, Goodall and Shelley uh, had scored a try. Goodall scored a double. That was sort of inside half an hour. And then, mate, you got a second half hat trick from Tim Anstey with a four on his back. Now, hmm. Tim Anstey is uh, obviously an Australian sevens player, um, playing in the tight five, gets a, a hat trick off a quick tap and then two up more tries, um, sitting out on the wing and keeping up with a with a winger making a break. Like, this guy could play on the wing. He could honestly play anywhere on the footy field, I reckon, bar the front <laughs> row. Yeah, um, wow. He's a, he's a quality player, Tim Anstey. Um you know, and to get a second half hat trick as well, uh, pretty pretty impressive. So, I just I liked the way that the Woodies um, uh, play. They can, they can play off their nine or their ten. They kind of they vary their attack a little bit uh, in that respect. Um, you know, when you've got guys like Muliufi in the centres, um, you know, it's a it's a solid. Um, start to the season for the Woodies too. I, I really liked what I saw there. The um, two Blues sort of scored a couple of late tries, but both you know again it was from just using their big big bodies in motion, um, mm. which which they can do, uh, they tend to do. But it was yeah, it was all Woodies really. Three scores over the weekend over fifty, and the Woodies was one of them. Yeah, they're um, they're rumbling along. I mean, there's a bit of a gap opening up between the top six and the and the bottom half of the table. But in that top six, it's only uh, only a few points in it. Nice would have only dropped the one game, so they're well and truly in the mix. So things are looking good for uh, Ben Batch's side at this this early stage. Or oh, it's almost coming up to halfway. <laughs> it's with a thirteen round comp. It's almost halfway through. It's, uh, it catches you out, doesn't it? Oh, unbelievable, isn't it? It's uh, it's hard to hard to believe that. It's yeah, I love this sprint to the finish. It just may it means that every game means something. I feel like yeah. you know over the years. I mean, obviously, shoot shield, you know, home and away. That's the ideal situation. Um, longer season. It, but I, I do love the idea of a short comp where every game means something. Um, it just you know, there's too many games in sport in general at the moment that don't mean anything. Um, you know, make every game mean something, and, and, and it certainly does at this level. Uh, Ramick, our front runners, uh, five from five, and they were far too good for Penrith, mate, 59 to three. Well, I haven't actually had a chance to, to see this one, but it looks like they've just uh, just put the cleaners, unfortunately, through the boys from the foot of the mountains. Yeah, I, I had a quick – I started watching this game, and, um, you know, Penrith were – Solid enough to start with, but yeah, they, they just they just were never really in it. Um, you know, Horwitz, uh, Tyzak, Jordan, um, again, their nine and ten combination. They're, they're really starting to form a, a nice little combo, and um, you know they've had some fairly um, a fairly consistent selections as well. Um, they haven't had yeah. too many injuries. Randwick, uh, which is which is absolutely a, uh, a it's a definite thing that you need in this competition. So uh, yeah, I, I like it as well. Um, I, I think that Randwick are still the team to beat for mine. Mate, I was at Manly Oval um, for the Marlins Gordon game. A really tight game early on. Um, the scoreline. Probably flattered Gordon a little bit. It was, it was bloody tight. It was um, Manly sort of went ahead three three zip, um, and then it was uh, Gordon hit back with seven three. Manly's errors just killed them. Um, 
then Manly sort of just could not take their moments. They had sustained pressure um, in Gordon's half, both sides at halftime, couldn't score. They overthrew a couple line outs straight to Mahi Vailano, who's the outstanding player of the comp, and uh, two, pretty much two try assists from him. And uh, Gordon just did enough. They sort of maybe weren't at their absolute best, but uh, still good enough. You know, they, they're just so solid around the park, and you make an error, they're really going to make you pay. Yeah, I'd love. Uh, I spoke about it with one of the other teams before, but I love Gordon's variety and attack. They can they can keep it tight if they want to. They can, you know, resort to a box kick. You got Harrison Goddard there who can who can certainly put it high. Um, and then they've got those you know, dynamic backs out wide, don't they? And Vailanu, who is just the, the best player in the comp at the moment, as you, as you say. So, um, well, how did Outwater go at ten for Manly, Berger? Mate, with a week's preparation, he went pretty good. You, you couldn't ask for much more. He's probably look if you're looking at it individually, he's probably a bit of a mixed bag of a day. Um, did some really good stuff, did some not so great stuff. But for a five eight starting in a uh, in a new team, um, certainly it was it was it was a promising debut. But Manly would just be disappointed. They they just can't convert in their in their attacking A zone. They just and, and as you know, Swain, if you can't put points on the board, you, you just can't put pressure on sides. But certainly they put Gordon under under the pump. Um, they had their scrum under a lot of pressure. They disrupted them at line at times. So Manly can't complain about their set piece. It was very good. But, um, yeah, a bit, bit frustrated the Marlins, who are probably now, oh, you'd have to think they're on death row now. I don't think you can afford it. Too, many, too many losses with only one win in five. Um, so, yeah, look, Bit disappointing in that regard, but um, yeah, Gordon's still looking like the team to beat, mate. Yeah, I, again, Gordon putting, you know, they put they put some scores on some teams this year. Uh, so for Manly to hold them to twenty six, you're looking for positives anywhere there. For Manly, that's probably a good thing. Um, but yeah, look, I, I agree with you. There's just so much class across the park. They're well coached. Um, you know they've got some. They've got the, as we say, the best player in the comp at the moment in in um, Vailanu there, who can score tries for fun, put shots on, put guys away. You know, from with a number two on his back. Um, yeah, so oh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the brother v brother battle up there at Hunter this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a ripper. Talking about Vailanu there, uh, I I know obviously they've got. Um, Robbie Abel coming back and potentially Jacob Abel. So I don't know where all these guys are going to fit. Talking to um, DC on the weekend, you might see Violano on the side of the scrum by the end of the season. I mean, how could you drop him? You couldn't. You just couldn't at the moment. Um, you know, even bringing back a Waratah hooker, I, I wouldn't drop him. I'd actually I'd bring Abel off the bench. Um, I that's think so. Just, that's my opinion. Oh, when you get when you get a player of going that well and they're of a high standard where you think they potentially could play Super Rugby, you've got to pick on form. I mean, most people think it's a given you just pick the returning player from Super Rugby, but sometimes it's not, you know. I mean, there's been some players in the past that have made representative players, you know, ride the pine a bit. So it's, um, you know, it's a bit of a conundrum, but it's the kind of problems you want to have, correct? Oh, yeah. And DC's a pretty shrewd thinker as well, isn't he? He's a, he's a high-quality coach. He he would know what he wants to do when that happens. He, he's always a couple of steps ahead, DC. So uh, when that when that time comes, I'm sure that he'll have a plan ready to execute. Yeah, now looking at the ladder, uh, Ramick out in front, five from five, followed by Sydney University uh, with one loss from the weekend. But uh, the next three teams have still got a game in hand on Ramwick and Uni. That is Gordon, Souths 
and North, all undefeated from four games, um, and Eastwood rounding out the six. Behind that, the leading pack we talked about last week, Ringer, Manly, and East. Um, they are basically got their work cut out for them. They want to keep in touch because Manly and Ringer still have already played five. East have got the one in hand, so maybe a little bit ahead of the other two if they can win that, that extra game. But um, it's uh, it's looking like a bit of a six at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, genuine top six there. Um, you know, it's a, it is a gap to a ringer at the moment. So, uh, yeah, look, I I, um, I think that's a pretty fair reflection of the, the competition at the moment. Roundwick have definitely been one of the best teams uh, with all their seven stars out there, you know, carving up. Uh, they, they've definitely got the points difference to show for it. And then, um, yeah, Sydney Uni just holding a point on Gordon. I, I actually – that quite remarkable. Gordon – I. Gordon are the best team in the comp, aren't they? But um, yeah, they still they've still got a, a game in hand. So um, yeah, look, it's it's an interesting top six. I, 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 but I still think they're the six best teams in the comp. Yeah, I guess we can't technically say Gordon are the best team in the comp until they've played Uni, Ramwick, you know, South and, and North. Because as Darren said, they haven't played the top six. Uh, but look. From looking at them visually, they look like the best side. Um, as I said in the weekend, man, they did put them under a little bit of pressure and couldn't convert. Some of these sides get them in an arm wrestle, we'll know a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's still a long way to go. I mean, even though it's only 13 weeks, there still is a fair way to go. But, um, yeah, uh, look, looking at this week's fixtures, uh, we're going to find out a hell of a lot more, I think even more so than last week. Um, East and Norse, that's going to be a, a huge match for, for the Beasties at home, isn't it? Oh, huge game! Yeah, the beasties now. That's now or never for them. They need to. They need to win. They need to win now. Um, and, and Norths, who undefeated at the moment, um, you know, uh, I I think that's going to be a cracking battle down there at Woolara. Um, I'll be interested to see. Yeah, you're right. There's a, a a lot rides on this round. There's there's a lot of big games. Eastwood, Sydney Uni, Souths, Randwick. Like they're, they're all they're all cracking yeah, games. Woods Uni, the uh, well, you call that the Shoot Shield El Clasico of last decade, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Up there at TG, um, you know, get some Chinese food in and watch a cracking game of footy. Um, Sydney Uni will be back to full strength, you'd think, get all their COVID players back. Um, and the, the Woodies, you know, who are uh, they're just looking like a, a really well-rounded team at the moment. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I reckon Benny Batcher wouldn't be too happy to get Uni coming off a loss, though. There's nothing worse than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and, they they hate losing, and they hate losing to Uni and, and vice versa. Uni do not like losing to Eastwood. But um, other games looking at, uh, Rats are heading out to the foot of the mountains to take on Penrith. Um, Southern Districts, Randwick. Now, that's a game. Yeah, yeah, that's a ripping game as well. I think I'll be doing that one um, for at for sure. At for sure for SWR triple nine. Um, we'll be we'll be out there and uh, yeah. Look uh, again. I, I just I'm looking forward to this battle. There's some some great players across the across the park for both teams. Um, yeah, oh, it's it's a big test for Randwick's um, premiership credentials to be able to go there. And take some points away um, off a, off a South team that hate losing at home. Yeah, uh, mate. South uh, with their form for sure is never a nice place to go. No, that's <laughs> it. That's tough it. men, tough supporters, parochial fans. Um, tough power lines over the top, mate. Power lines. It's cold. Usually there's a big southerly blowing. Um, it's not nice when South when South's got their tails up down there. But <laughs> they're very hospitable after the game. 
if they win. Absolutely, you know, ScoMo just lurking around on the on the sidelines at times. Um, yeah, you, you you just never know what you're going to get down there. But the Rebel Burger is good, though. I'll give them that. It's Angus uh, beef, mate. They've got a great little tuck shop there, just underneath that the demountable grandstand in the the main clubhouse. There, it's a good little one. I love it. Mate, I'm still burning a candle for the Marlins here. We're going out to Dremoyne uh, over on the weekend. We uh, we can't afford another slip uh, this year, I wouldn't have thought. So uh, it's a slippery gypsy match um, for the Marlins. Um, and West Harbour obviously haven't haven't posted a win this year, so they're gonna they're gonna be tough on Saturday. And mate, I, I really appreciate you you tuning in this week. Um, I'm gonna say goodbye to you now because I've done a feature on the Coleman brothers. Look at you go, mate. Hey, you producer extraordinaire. So I look forward to listening to it. Thanks, Swaney. I'll catch you next week. Thanks, Burjo. Now, brothers are not uncommon in the shoot shield. Uh, rarely do they play on different sides and very rarely in the opposite coaching box. Uh, 2020 is going to buck that trend. And joining me on the line is both Darren Coleman, who faced its uh, awful face and a name that's known well across the shoot shield, and his brother, Scott Bubba Coleman, who's now the head coach of the Hunter Wildfires in his first year in the Shoot Shield. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks a lot, Burjo. Great to be here again. Yes, thank you very much, Burjo. It's a privilege. Now, DC, you've had plenty of airtime and plenty of publicity in your time, so I'm going to start with Bubba. Mate, um, Darren's coming back home on Saturday uh, with his high-flying Gordon uh, Stags, as they're called these days. Uh, to take on the mighty Hunter Wildfires under your stewardship. Uh, what kind of a welcome is Darren going to get uh, at his hometown? Uh, probably the same one when he left, really, to be honest. Not much has changed. Not many people like him up this way. But, uh, no, in all honesty, um, yeah, I'm sure. I believe he's coming up Friday night so, and staying at our place, actually. So I've just gone and got a few green ants from out the park and I've laid his bed ready for him. Well, he's probably spent all day uh, dissecting the wildfires game, uh, looking at clips. Uh, you've had a day a day on the tools, haven't you, mate? Yeah, most definitely. Yes, uh, yeah, got a seven to four o'clock full time job, so haven't had as much time. But uh, yeah, we've done a little bit of clips, but not as much as I'm sure he does. He's pretty pedantic in that that side of it. Mate, it's your first year in the competition. Uh, it's been uh, really great seeing um, the wildfires taking part in this year's Shoot Shield. Uh, how's the season been today and, and how are you feeling towards, uh, you know, uh, the wildfires moving forward into this year and, and possibly beyond? Yeah, definitely. It's been a thrill, to be honest. It's uh was obviously the last-minute call-up, but, yeah, the boys have really taken it with two hands. They're excited, enthusiastic. Uh, probably the biggest challenge would have been is the ruck speed uh, compared to the Newcastle competition here. Just a speed of game has taken a fair few weeks to adjust and... Yeah, we go in and out of games. Sometimes we got it for 20 or 30 minutes. We can compete really well, and then we switch off for 10 minutes, and we just really get punished on the scoreboard. But we're slowly getting better and better. Yeah, well, you grabbed some points at Manly Oval, uh, which was obviously a bit of a buzz uh, for the guys, I'm sure. Um, and then obviously sort of came back down to earth last week against Norse. Yeah, yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, the day at Manly was definitely good, and it was just rewards for how hard the guys have been working, that's for sure. In all honesty, uh, Manly probably didn't play to their best. Uh, they made a lot of unforced errors and their kicking game wasn't great, but I suppose we were good enough to put a bit of pressure on them and be there to, to draw that game. So the guys took a lot out of it. 
they were very enthusiastic the next week at training, but yeah, we're definitely brought back to earth again this last weekend against Norse. They were clinical. And how's the Newcastle Hunter region taken to uh, the wildfires reintroduction to the shoot shield? Uh, there's a few mixed emotions, to be honest. It's it's pretty hard also with what's going on with COVID and the local premier competition isn't running at the moment this year. Mm. So And then with restricted crowds with, and all the COVID restrictions, we just can't get the, the buy-in and support that we'd hope to at home games just because of crowd numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Now, DC, uh, mate, your stags are running hot. Um, they're up the pointy end of the competition. They're one short of the uh, other front runners, but uh, obviously that game in hand. Uh, but pretty faultless so far. You uh, certainly looking to head into Newcastle this weekend. Don't, don't really want to uh, slip up at home, at your real home. Do you? No, no, not at all. And I, I will. Uh, I will just chip you there quickly, Bojo. I, I actually checked on this and. We are still very much the Highlanders. Uh, the Gordon Highlanders is our moniker. There's a bit of a, obviously a bit of a chat there around the stags business, and there's a bit of social media around that. But we are the Highlanders. Mm. Um, very good. Yeah, no, Newcastle will be good. When I say home, it's sort of yeah. I've spent some time there, and, and Bubba spent a lot of his, his life there. But um, we're actually a little further north, up at Southwest Rocks. But uh, yeah, Newcastle was my sort of first place to residence. Out of uh, out of home, out off the nipple. So, um, have a lot of good friends up there at Newcastle. And um, I was a wildfire. I was a founding wildfire actually back in two thousand and five when uh, they first come under into the comp, and we were nineteen ninety five. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. I, was trying to take, I was just trying to knock ten years off my age. Yeah, uh, nineteen ninety five when we were led by uh, by Marty Roebuck, and um, yeah, so. Uh, doing, I guess, as a player, doing what Bubba and the boys are doing now. Mate, you've had some huge years in the comp, obviously won the title at Rats and very much been front and centre of the shoot shield the last few years. What was your reaction when uh, you worked out your brother was going to be coaching the same competition that has been a bit of your baby lately? Yeah. Oh, definitely hasn't been my baby, but um, yeah, excited. Yeah, no, I was, uh, besides this weekend and the schedule and the, the time where our whole family gets to, to show that I'm the favourite son. Other than that, it was um, it, it was just good good recognition for Bubba. He's worked hard in up there in that region and coached his club to I think twelve or fifteen years, somewhere around that mark. And and um, for him to get the recognition to be in the Shoot Shield and lead the rep team, which he was the coach of, into into Shoot Shield, I was uh, proud as his brother. But um, yeah, looking forward to putting him back in his place this weekend. Just on that favourite son remark, and Bubba, you can comment to this, but uh, your mother Elaine sort of struck up a bit of a, a Facebook war there in, in some respects. She was very proud of uh, Bubba's feats at Manly Oval and hasn't really given you much uh, adulation uh, publicly thus far. What do you think about that, Bubba? Mate, it's clearly obvious who the favourite is. Uh, Mum's actually come up on Monday. She drove all the way to Newcastle just to spend the time here and give me a hand around the house and look after the kids so I can spend more time on the video analysis of Gordon because she's really pumped for us to actually beat them this weekend. Oh, that's good. So, well, that's the thing, DC. No one's looking after your kids. You're just going to have to wink, go it alone this week. Yeah, no, they'll, they'll, be, uh, they'll be around there. But, um, yeah, no, I get it. Mum, mum was quite excited after the... The manly draw, and um, yeah, when a kid's disappointed you for so many years on end, you got to um, they finally deliver. You got to be happy, I guess. Mate, a few of those one percenters might, might play the bubba's hand this weekend. <laughs> no. But um, 
Uh, now, uh, Bubba, the, uh, the TV cameras will be there on uh, the weekend. Obviously, uh, the club's looking forward to a big day and putting on a bit of a show. Yeah, most definitely. It's obviously a hard game on the field, but we're definitely trying to put on a show off the field as well with just to show off the facilities we've got here in Newcastle. The number two sports ground looks a picture, and I'll put it out there now that it's probably one of the best uh, grounds in the shoot shield. Well, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it on the weekend. Um, now, you guys obviously have been a bit of friendly fire during the week. You guys been been talking much since this evening? <laughs> This is the first time, actually. I think Darren's locked himself in the room since Sunday and hasn't come out. So this is the first time we've actually got to speak. Is that true, DC? Yeah, physically, verbally spoken, but I've uh, I've had to block him on about six different forums of social media. He's uh, it's been relentless, the the sledging and uh, really trying to get us off our game. But um, yeah, no. And to back his point up there on the field, the number two sports ground there at Newcastle is a ripper. It's uh, not too dissimilar to Sydney Uni. Got a um, nice big steep grandstand on one side that goes a length and a, and a good hill on the other. And, uh, yeah, I've been to quite a few big games up there and it's a, it's a ripper of a uh, stadium. And I hear the, the the pitch and the deck's in awesome, Nick. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to having a run on it. And so what does post-match look like for you boys on Saturday? Depends what the result is, to be honest, because <laughs> if Darren does leave, I'm sure he's going to get in his car and leave straight away. There has been a uh, warning go over Newcastle, that's for sure, because it's not just us two in town. The other two brothers are actually in town as well. So there has been an official warning around all the local watering holes to shut early. I heard the two of you gave uh, it was the Coogee Hotel a nudge a few weeks back. So uh, God help you with this four of you up on the on the one district. <laughs> yeah, apparently there is. Yeah, there's a official weather forecast of a four common warning. So. Uh, no, we will. Uh, there's no doubt we'll. Uh, it'll be a good opportunity for the family to hang out. We don't see each other as much as a group as we should, so um, or as we can. So that'll be a great opportunity. And then obviously Saturday night we'll um, like right been right through all our careers. That Saturday night after a good game of footy, you enjoy a few beers and you enjoy the company of the people you play with and against. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that'll uh, that'll stretch the night and, and maybe even the morning. Who knows? Well, that's certainly the fabric of the competition. It's great to see it so alive through great rugby families like the Coleman's. Uh, before we go, uh, you give a little chance to throw a little barb over the uh, barb over the over the bow here, guys. Anything you want to say before Saturday? Uh, not much, mate. I just I really hope that uh, yeah, it's a good day and and um, that every bounce of the ball goes your way, Scott. Like um, <laughs> I, really, I really love you as a brother, and uh, I hope it is a, a great day for you and the family, and uh, you can have your held, heads held high at the end of it. Um, You're a different bloke to messenger, I swear to God. Like, you just stop ripping this bloke through. You said, you know, you said you'd have to go to an internet cafe to get internet. Some things I can't mention. Yeah, no, there's definitely some good banter, and we're on a we're on a couple of chat groups with a, with a few other blokes who are involved in the shoot shield, and uh, yeah, it's been relentless. But most of it's probably best off air. And Barbara, final word for you, mate. Mate, it's a true David and Goliath battle, to be honest, and we all we all know how that ended. So <laughs> we're definitely coming in hot, and the under everyone loves a good underdog story. Yeah, and David, you, David used an illegal rock, so I'll be complaining to the refs before that starts. We'll use whatever we have to. <laughs> we could keep going here, but I'll leave it. Everyone will get to watch because it's on uh, national television. 
Coleman's are going uh, for the family affair and good luck to your respective sides and, and appreciate the chat, boys. Good on you, Berger. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much, Berger, for your time. <laughs> That's good. That's there got is, to go to that opening. one bet going that if, if they win one of our five-man lineouts, I'll drink nude Saturday night in, in the backyard. 